Hallo, liebe Freunde, da ist die Nina und das ist ein Spezialreport von I Don't Hate This. I'm recording live from Berlin right now for three days. My hostel is actually, um, but I'm actually staying in Dubai, North Korea, and not particularly interested in this might have to go on hiatus for a little while, but I'll do my best to um, kind of go back in time and tell you about what I've seen here. Hi, welcome to I Don't Hate This, the Avantist Guard podcast. I'm Nina Lidoff. And I'm Eric Wenzel. Also, uh, shit. See, this as is usual. why we, we, should, as we should really start fake talking. No, but yeah, okay, that's then true. Roll, and, and then say it. So we're starting but now. But I feel so like this now is, it's a bit, now but we're you talking, just like can't... And this is like overlapping dialogue. <laughs> but like, can you even say your name and then just like no, I not can't. feel awkward I after freeze. I told you. I freeze. This is what I was telling you today. When I do you want me to explain? You are like, what's wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> Eric started texting a bunch of crazy stuff, and I was like, "Are you drunk right now? It's the middle of the afternoon." And no, I was trying to explain. Oh, is my beard? Is this coming? Is are you picking this up on the? Yes. Don't itch your beard loudly. That's how I think, though. I'm an intellectual in that. Oh. Is that like, are you like Samson if somebody shaved off your beard while you were sleeping, you wouldn't be able to think of in, like interesting things? No, I think I'd probably feel better. What do you mean? Man, Is I it... wish people would like work on you while you were asleep, right? <laughs> like you wake up, you have, <laughs> you have like a hair, like shit that you need to take care of. They take care of it while you're sleeping. That's kind of like if you go get a facial or some kind of spa treatment, you can just close your eyes. They play like Enya music and they like massage your face for an hour. That's kind yeah. of like you're sleeping. Yeah. Well, I come from very, yeah. You can't imagine you doing that. No. Well, that's also how I feel during yoga, like because you do Shavasana where you just like lay down and relax at the end of the session. And I'm like, I'm exercising. <laughs> They like fall asleep. Well, I was just gonna say that I come from a very different world than it's like sometimes men are from Venus or My mom was an esthetician, so I learned the importance of getting facials as a very young girl. Yes, and then you grew up to be an esthete. I don't know what that means actually. <laughs> That's us. Like oh. esthetes are people that are like sit around in armchairs and like talk about art <laughs> oh. and and criticize well, that's like the artists who actually new, get work to that's do. That's a great new word for the day. The the word <laughs> Every time you hear the word esthete scream. Ah! <laughs> as loud as you can. Um the new word that I learned in Germany was ehrlich and that means honestly. Uh total. Yeah. yeah, they were like tell me how 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 old do you think I am? <laughs> and then they were like, ehrlich, ehrlich. And I was like, I have no idea what that means. I just kept repeating it. And then they were like, honestly. Uh, so I already knew how to say Wahrheit. That means truth. Truth. So I was in Germany, Var in case anyone didn't yeah. see on Twitter. Yeah. And that's what this. <laughs> that's what this is going to be about. But yeah. first, like, like, do you really want me to explain what was going on today? Oh, yeah. What was what was going on with you? Um, well, I was trying. Ehrlich. Kinda, yeah, yeah. Total. Do best. <laughs> Do hast. What, what, would this be ich, ich has nicht das? I don't hate this. I hate this not. I, I, I not hate. I hate this not. 
I mean, that's like not proper grammar syntax. Right. Well, I don't think I don't hate. This it would be is, is ich hasst das nicht. Yeah, ich hast, ich ha- etc. Um, <laughs> I found out girls really don't like that song. No, not particularly. Even you. Well, a I Germanophile. Like it. Wait, I... wait, wait. So a Francophile is someone that's into Franco-American cooking. <laughs> James Franco. Yeah, James Franco's. <laughs> And um, francophones, which is my favorite word of 2012. Um, what do you call someone that <laughs> should be a good joke, but there's not a there's not a punchline to it. But what do you call someone who's like a Germanophile? A Deutscher Lust. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you mean like not like is a there germaphobe? A term- I'm a germaphile. <laughs> 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 I love germs. Oh, 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 like no. Like lick I'm... <laughs> poles on the subway. Oh, yeah, well, this is having all kinds of double entendres. Like when you said like germaphobe, like people that are afraid of Germans, and then you're talking about licking poles, and I thought this had something to do with like the invasion of <laughs> oh, Poland. Not a lot of people know that, but Hitler licked everyone in Poland, and that's why they surrendered. Oh, yeah. They oh, took we're a getting lickin. a special uh, beep, 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 beep. The word our... is tutophile. Oh, yes, but what? it would actually be toito. Teutonic, have you heard of this word? No. That's like ancient Germans. Um, oh. It's like the Vikings or the the Celts, actually. The, you know oh, the Celts, like, they actually. Uh, Charlemagne or something? No, like like ancient. Oh. Like even older uh, than that. like prehistoric, mm. like, like um, the Venus of Willendorf. Yeah, like uh, which is one of my favorite. Like, sculptures. yeah, it's in Vienna. It's not in Germany. Yeah, so shut up. <laughs> 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 um, no, like Teutonic. Uh, that's like tonic. No, <laughs> Technotronic. Um, it's technologic. That's French. <laughs> yeah, that's Daft Punk. Who I thought were German for a really long time. No, you're thinking of Kraftwerk, who they are a cover band of. <laughs> Don't. I was listening to uh, Computer World, which which will make an appearance on this podcast we talked about. <laughs> Maybe. I've never heard it. So if I, I was just singing it. it to you on the way over here, and you said, oh, my God. Um, we have it on vinyl, I'm being told. This just in, <laughs> President Kennedy has <laughs> been. It's <laughs> just in, President Kennedy has been assassinated, and we have computer world on vinyl in the other room. <laughs> um, but that I, album I do is like, like that song because du hast, because they played uh, it at German camp when I was in German camp when I was 12. And yeah. I, so like it has kind of fond memories for me. I was just at karaoke like recently and that someone did that song and all the guys were like singing it. And this girl was just like, no, no, <laughs> no, no. And then, she was down for the stupidest shit that was, like, way worse than that. Like, I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah, or no, just, like, other, like, like she was okay with, like, ba da da ba da bam ba dam What am I talking about? Because that would be, like, an amazing song to sing for karaoke. I'm a Barbie girl. Yeah. That's on there. would love that. By Aqua. Yeah. Which has the Christopher Williams in it. Okay, so we don't have a Christopher Williams update, but that could be the Christopher Williams update we'll put on there. Remember the girl with the yellow towel? I think. Oh, that. she's in. In the music right, video, the there's music. a girl with a yellow towel on her head, and it's like straight out of the Compton. I'm a Barbie girl music video. <laughs> straight out of, yes, not Com- Compton. No. no. Um, it is California, though. It's very LA. Yeah, except they were in uh, like Sweden or something. Oh, hmm. 
Denmark, well, Sweden. She's supposed to be a Barbie. They were and Norse. Everyone knows Barbie's from Malibu. Everyone knows that. Is Malibu is that in Florida or no, California? No, it's in California. All these beach places baffle Malibu me. Malibu is where the Getty Villa is. Oh, good for them. <laughs> so anyway, I was trying to decide what to do this afternoon because um, I volunteered a cat shelter, which involves. Um, yeah, a lot of there's a lot of that. Uh, and as I as I described it to someone, they said I'm a therapy human Be- because in the <laughs> yeah. way like you bring therapy yeah. pets to like places, I come there and I like I comfort them and tell them it's going to be okay. And You're then, a, a certified cat petter. Yeah, that is correct. Um, and then I was trying to figure out getting over here to the studio because mm-hmm. it's across town. And we should talk about this all the time because all the podcasts in L.A. are like, oh, I was late to the podcast because of L.A. traffic. And when he says across town, he means uh, two and a half miles, too. It is literally across town, though. How far? It's not two and a half miles. It's way more than that, right? No, it's like probably three max. I live two miles west of Wrigley Field. But it's like a way. Well, but I was told Navy Pier is like a mile long, and that's not that long. I don't think Navy Pier is a mile long. Oh, those fucking liars. On their website, they said it's a mile long. I mean, it it feels like it takes for fucking ever to walk down there when Expo yeah. is there. And I'm like, I hate Navy Pier. And this is the only time you keep passing that same there. Bubba Gumps. It's like, it's like in uh, Blair Witch Project. <laughs> But like, I keep passing that tree. <laughs> I have fond memories of Navy Pier because that's where me and photographer Yosef Kodelka and Milos Stalek from Worldview had a beer. <laughs> one at, at Bubba Gumps. And it was like the awesomest thing that ever happened to me. Wow. It was a it was an awesome thing. Did, did they have, like have like funny like it's like a total fish out of water scene there? Well, they were like, "Do you want to get a margarita?" They were that... like, "Do you want to get a margarita?" And I was like, "No, I want a beer because it's Europe and like it's you know. Europe, you know, Navy Pier." <laughs> they just sat around speaking Czech, and I, and I knew. I see, I assume smiled and. <laughs> I imagine those guys are in black and white. Like when you see them on the street, you're like, "That guy looks like he's in black and white." No, well, Yosef Kadelka's a long white beard, or. Does he have a beard? He has long white hair, but he he wears one of those green photographer vests that has like a million pockets, and he wore that every single day that he was doing installation on his exhibition. Oh, Jesus. And he had like a bunch of little notebooks and stuff in the pockets and a camera and like pens and stuff. And then you're like, and then you took out your phone and you're like, oh, I can do all that with this. And then you <laughs> threw it and hit him in the head. No, he didn't. He had a digital camera. He asked me to take a picture of him with it. Was it like a, what do you mean a digital camera? Like an SLR or was it like a point and shoot digital? It was somewhere in between. I don't remember what brand it was, but it was like, I mean, it was mostly a point and shoot. Was it a Bolo but it Flex? Crappy. No, I don't know. A boat, wait, Rolo, Rolo, Rolo flex. flex, a twin lens reflex. Yes, I guess so. All of this is relating in my mind to being in Berlin because yeah. I saw the Vivian Meyer exhibition oh, at the yeah. Billy Brandt house. And so that's, you know, your twin lens reflex. And actually it was really funny. Does that take two pictures at once? Is that what that does? No, it has a mirror. It's a 3D camera. No, it has. Let's uh, keep guessing. Well, a 3D camera is like that, but it's turned on its side. It has two lenses. Okay. They had 3D cameras then. They would take stereoscopic pictures, so it takes two pictures, and it kind of like one is shifted, and then yeah. when you look at it through 
this like, yeah it's lens like when i'm looking at you right now and i'm like going back and forth with my two eyes yeah i have a stereoscopic viewer if you want to i know i saw I've, I've uh heard yes um anyway no it's it has like a mirror that flips up on the top and then you can look through it and so um when it takes the picture there's no the mirror is like it's so hard to describe without <laughs> describing how a um, single lens reflex works. It has a mirror. So it reflects what's going through the um, lens up into the viewfinder. So you can see, and then when it's uh, time to take the picture, the oh, mirror whole thing flips, flips up. up and then it hits the, so at the moment the you take the picture, right at the moment you take the picture, you can't see what you're taking the picture of because the mirror flipped up. Oh, and that's when you see the black, right? So if you have a, Twin lens reflex, you can look at the subject the entire time that you're making the picture. And also, because you're looking down into the ground glass, you can hold it at waist level. And so you can take pictures of people. They don't really know that you're taking a picture of them necessarily. Do you think something like this is coming out for the iPhone so we can surreptitiously take... Well, if you turn your sound off, it won't make that click. Yeah, but you have <laughs> like to act. shutter noise. But you can't hold Which up. Which that noise is, it's partially the sound of the shutter, but it's also the sound of the mirror going up. Like nice. That's what it's supposed to So it's two be. skeuomorphological audio throwbacks. Right. Yeah. And uh, that explanation I gave to Katy Perry. <laughs> I'm just name dropping like crazy on this one. I don't know why. But I did explain to Katy Perry how twin lens reflex cameras work. And I'm sure she was like nodding her head as as the same way when you're talking to a dog and they're like trying to act like they understand you. No, she brought it up because she said she had seen the Vivian Meyer documentary. Uh, can you do? Can you do your? She's Canadian, right? No, no she's, well, she's from, from California. California. Oh. California girls—they're unforgettable, but apparently not to Eric. Yeah. Um. That's good for her. I'm glad she knows about <laughs> photography. Me now. too. As she said, it was so cool when she. Left. Yeah. She was like, "Thanks, you're so cool," and I was like, "Okay, well then it's official." <laughs> I didn't. The jury know. was out. Also, she liked my nails, and nice. we had like the same colored nail polish on. So anyway, yeah, that's the story of the time I met Katy Perry. Um. Oh, but I was actually. So this is this is the internet's foremost culture podcast. <laughs> I met George Lucas yesterday. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask you about that. I do wish you would have told him the story that how much Star Wars Episode One Monopoly board game meant to you. <laughs> it really did. Okay. Everyone there in podcast world, the absolute best version of Monopoly is Star Wars Episode One Monopoly. Not Star Wars themed and it's about, no, Star Wars Episode One, where you have such amazing properties as yeah, was... Watto's Box. Anakin's pod racer, the duh. <laughs> God, the ortho gungan sub, the <coughs> feed power generator. Wait, the ortho gungan subway. <laughs> they have a uh, subway store, subway sandwich. No shop. submarine. Oh, uh, the the feed power generator. The wait, I don't understand the sub. You couldn't own vehicles in the past, could you? On. Yeah, Monopoly. the trains. But the trains oh, yeah. are are pod racers. So you can own Sebulba's pod racer. You can own Anakin's pod racer. You can own... I don't even remember who the other... Uh, but I have a feeling that when they introduced midichlorians to the Monopoly game, it also ruined the Monopoly franchise. 
But the best part about Star Wars Episode One Monopoly is that the board is shaped different. So, like, it has a, a depressed part in the middle where you can put the money for free parking. I think the whole thing is a depressed part. <laughs> <laughs> and then instead of having cards, like a deck of cards with the properties, they're on these little cardboard chips, and they fit into the board. So when you land on it, you can just take it out. Oh, nice. And then the houses and hotels, they're towers and apartments, and they stack uh, oh, nice. And they're in little pegs. Of course, now, since I bought that game in, like, 1999, no. uh, all the little pegs broke off. But <sighs> you can, like, peg, put them... Okay, I can't talk about this anymore. No, we won't. This is, this is guess it's, like, no, this the is... best. Everybody, I love Star Wars Episode 1 Monopoly. But with the part you're hanging up on here is so... Well, they probably don't have a top hat and a thimble. No, they what are characters. They I'm always Queen Amidala, since what? I was Queen Amidala for Halloween in 2000. One or something. I don't. What year did that movie come out? Uh, 1999, I believe. Okay, well then, probably in 1999, it was Queen Amidala for Halloween. Um, I asked you, you have... this: Where does Jar Jar Binks fit into the Monopoly board game? And Jar Jar Binks does have. Can a you little be one of the pewter... metal pieces? Yes. Oh, jeez. Uh, who always picks him in your family? Your brother? Yeah, probably. Or he would. Yeah, there's. Anakin, or would that be your there's... mother? She feels sorry for him. Ben Kenobi, Obi-Wan Kenobi. And there's uh, Darth Maul, ha- like, has his double-ended lightsaber Oh, out. nice. So, I don't uh, know. Die-hard Star, War- Star Wars fans will know that is the prawn. Ooh. No, they won't. <laughs> um, so that's cool. I wish you would have told him that, because then he would have realized what the fuck he did to Star Wars. <laughs> We'll um, see. But actually, I guess yesterday they released a new trailer and everyone on my Facebook was like, I've never been so excited to see a movie in my life. And I was like, why? Don't you remember the last ones? I yeah. did, It's like, I mean, I, I was like the perfect age for those movies because I really thought that Christian, uh, Hayden Christensen was hot. And that yeah. was the extent of my caring about those movies. I saw one on my like, I guess it was probably my 15th birthday or something. When did the last one come out? I don't know. In f- fuck teen and 90 fart. Well, anyway. 2005? That was one of my first Photoshop projects when I learned Photoshop. Was to Photoshop Joe Binks out of all the stills? <laughs> no. I Photoshopped my friend's face onto Padma's head and like she was like having a romantic picnic with Hayden Christensen. In the romantic picnic scene on Tatooine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that I'm... was a rhyme. That's from my book of poetry. <laughs> About Star Wars episode two. Po- pose, prose, poems. Excellent. Um, I was just, yeah, I just couldn't decide, you know, what how to plan my day around um, volunteering with cats and, and podcasting. And, oh, are we still talking about that? Well, we never, we never had closure. You, you seemed really, like, concerned and wanted to know an answer at one point. But okay. We've gotten over that. Um, so you were in Germany recently. Yeah. Um, Why? Fun. For fun. <laughs> for art. I really, okay, I was in some meeting and they were like, cultural tourism is one of the biggest international growing markets. And I was like, bleh, because <laughs> it just made me want to die. But I, and then I was like, oh my God, I am one of those people. I, like I travel to see exhibitions or travel yeah. because I wouldn't want to. You know, I like I have these art destinations like, oh, well, I definitely need to go here because then I can see such and such a museum. That's pretty much how I plan where I want to go in the world. 
it does blow my mind people that because i'm like teaching um and someone wrote in their paper they're like oh i hadn't been to an art museum since like fifth grade and then we spent the whole time just playing hide and seek anyway and i was just like i don't understand that like what I guess I'm a true elitist or something, but I was no, just like, I, how, how could you I mean, not go to a museum? How could you not go to a museum? Like, like normal people, that's like a thing you do when you visit cities and stuff. And you're like, we're going to go, we're going to stop by. And even if not necessarily an art museum, but just be like, we're going to go to the aquarium and then we're going to go shopping and then we're going to have dinner. And then the next day we're going to go to the like history museum and then we're going to see a baseball game and then we're going to right whatever. Or I don't know, maybe but it's I like, think people, it just, I like, couldn't believe that you wouldn't, how do you not set foot in a museum in that long? I know, well, I, is this, I just Is think this because like, of tweeting and Kanye and Katy Perry and, no, and uh, Snapchat and Jimmy Fallon and uh, Skrillex? <laughs> Some of is those this, references are already old. <laughs> I know. I was trying to think of as many stupid things I didn't pay attention to. Except that I watch Jimmy Fallon all the time because it's on after the news. I know. I can't believe. I still. I know. I've probably said this before, but I can't believe you just like watch the news every night. That's like so old person to me. Hashtag millennials. I don't think anyone even uses that term anymore except like. Millennials? Sure they do. No, I the, only, one- <laughs> the only time I see the word millennial is if like I'm on a news site that I'm not using on my browser that has ad blocker. And then actually it's when you're on the Tribune and then. Any of the real websites or newspaper sites now, they have like spam, like all their ads are spam links to fake news because that's the only way you can make money as a news outlet. And so they're always like, this is the beachfront property all the millennials are investing in. <laughs> millennials can't invest in beachfront properties. And, and then you click on it and they then They never like have a, had health insurance. Yeah, until now. Thanks, Obama. Literally. <laughs> I know I need to do that because I I did get uh, so I was in expanded Medicaid because I'm an adjunct professor, meaning I have a terminal degree in my field, and I am an adjunct professor, so that means you can qualify for expanded Medicaid, um, which is now in the state of Illinois. <laughs> this been... terminal degree a pre-existing condition. <laughs> uh, it is, <laughs> and it's terminal. <laughs> Um, yuck, 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 yuck. But I was going to take a picture of it and you know put like, thanks, thanks, Obama. <laughs> really? No, really. Um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, Obama. I love Obama, even though no one else does right now. No, I do, too. Yeah. But when Hillary comes around, then we'll have our universal health care and everyone will just, you know, whatever. No one will want to ever peel Obamacare now because it will seem so you'll moderate. Have, you'll have forced pregnancies and abortions. <laughs> it doesn't even. It'll be fire around the clock. There'll be. Um, so in your in your thing that we may or may not put on, um, I, clips okay, of I'll, you explaining it. I'll I'll explain. When I was there, I recorded kind of like my thoughts halfway through of like everything I'd seen and what I thought about it. it turned out to be really pretty boring if you were not me because I was like, wow, this is like so she thinks what I think, you know, when I listened to it. But it wasn't funny, you know, and this is supposed to be like a conversation. Yeah. We're putting in the part about the, the mullet security guard, though. Oh, she was awesome. And I think her name was Mulletina. <laughs> Her name was probably Ula. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was thinking about that. Like, what cool German name do I want to name my offspring? Offspringer. Offspringer. 
Um, it, like I said, Utah, and they were like, you can't name an American kid Uta. And I was like, what about Uta Barth? That's like the coolest name. Yeah. And then she could, uh, that's not a gross name for a kid to grow up in America with. Yeah, I guess like, it is. This is, this, they're like, you know, what What are some other, because there's going to be like Hayden, the boy, Hayden, the girl, you Sp- know, yeah, Madison, Monroe, Lindsay, Lindsay's a boy. <laughs> President's Lincoln. Butch, that's a that's a Asian girl. And then they're gonna be like, and then Uta Barf. <laughs> it's better than my friend who said. Barf? She Your to last name... name's Barf? No, it's Barth. No, that would be her middle name because her last name uh, would be Lidoff or something. <laughs> Whatever. I can't even think of a fake husband to be married to in my own fantasy. Rembrandt um... <laughs> Q Einstein. <laughs> <laughs> that's better than my friend who said she wanted to name her daughter Agnes after Agnes Martin. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Why doesn't she name her Grid Grid Gridface? <laughs> She's gonna name her the Grid. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> oh man, in the future everyone will have like usernames instead of real names and they'll be like oh. <laughs> like jizzmaster three thousand oh, underscore at AOL dot com. Hey, is the grid is to, at the grid taken? <laughs> Probably on Twitter. If you want to tweet at us, you can. Somebody us named at, their kid hashtag, this, right? Wasn't that? I don't know. Uh, maybe in France, it's illegal to do that because, like, some family wanted to name their kid Nutella, and then they like, wouldn't let them. They could they name it like a generic thing, like like chocolate hazelnut? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think so. Why not? You have to. That's like, not pick... copywritten. No, I know, but they're like, just... they're like, we just don't want this in the <laughs> French yeah, like language. Yeah, like the French, like you have to pick a real name. You can't name your kid something God. weird. God, man, and everyone insults the French. They've, they're on to some shit. No, that's horribly oppressive in my view. Yeah, but that's how you end up with ESPN as a kid's name. Or Darvon. Or Chlamydia. Did <laughs> somebody name their daughter Chlamydia? I don't know if they went through with it, but when my sister was working at a hospital, there was this girl that was like a teen pregnancy, and she was like dead set on naming her daughter Chlamydia, oh. and they were like trying really hard to talk her out of it. That's awful. That's like uh, in in Ramona Quimby where she wants to name she names her doll Chevrolet. Oh yeah, yeah it is it is it has a very like low class idea of what high class is, you know, yeah. like I'm gonna name I'm gonna name my kid something fancy like Cadillac. <laughs> That's what I always think of Mariano's the Mariano's grocery <laughs> store is like what what like poor people think rich people's grocery stores are like they're like oh man when i'm rich i mean i bet rich people grocery store you go in there piano in them (laughs) there's like a guy in a tuxedo playing a grand piano while you buy your your what broccoli and bok choy i got tongue-tied i was trying to say eggplant but i kept wanting to say parmesan (laughs) any product could have i don't know i was like any product will do just finish the sentence (laughs) they sell what a rich people buy gelato what do rich people buy? Sushi. sushi. Yes. <laughs> yes. Excellent. We can, did you know you can get sushi at Walgreens now? So like, yes. Can get my sushi. dad goes. I had sushi today for lunch. It was from Walgreens. So oh I my was god. Like, do we have to induce vomiting? Yeah, I'm like, well, he's a doctor, right? So he's the only one qualified <laughs> to do that because he can immediately administer medical attention. <laughs> they have frozen yogurt there too. Froyo. Yeah. Yolo Froyo. <laughs> Uh, this is going nowhere fast. So, no. but I have, I actually. Oh, you said you had a something to share. Yes, I do, because I, um, you know, I found out you were going to Germany, and then we had one of our fans write in, and I have her on Skype now, 
and so she's going to ask you some questions. So first, I'd like her to introduce herself. Hallo, ich bin Gudrun von Panko. Gut, Gudrun von Panko? Yeah. Uh, Gut, uh, Gudrun. Gutrun. So she has a couple questions for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Let me see if she's ready. Bist du bereit? Uh, that means are you ready? Oh, nay. Eine Momente. Okay, so here's her first question. Haben Sie auf der Autobahn fahren? <laughs> Nein. Nur auf dem Zug und Bus und Tram. Und uh, Fahrrad. Du solltest dich schämen. Schämen? Du solltest dich schämen. I don't know. Oh, should I should be ashamed, be ashamed of, of myself. Oh, I'm sorry. Do we need to translate in real time? Yeah. He said, did you, dri did you drive on the Autobahn? And Look, I was like, no. Where was, where was I supposed to get a car? No. So I just went by train and bus mean... and tram and also bike. And I crashed my bike. My friend was basically like, go out and do stuff on your own. I don't want to get dragged around to all these art <laughs> exhibitions with you. Um, so... So I was like, okay, I'll take, you know, she had a guest bike. I'll take the bike out and go into town and go to... The Fahrrad. The Fahrrad. And go to the Leipzig Museum to build in and Kunst and see this Paul Klee exhibition. Und das Rathaus. Yeah, and the Rathaus. There's actually two... There's a Neues Rathaus and the Altes Rathaus in Leipzig. So that's new Rathaus and old Rathaus. And the Rathaus is like the government center. Get it? Rats? Government? Um... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was ist mit der Transeuropa Express? Yeah. Was Va ist mit der Transeuropa Express? What's with the Trans-European Express? No, what what about the Trans-European Express? Did you take I that? I took the ECE. What about the Trans-Europe Express? <laughs> <laughs> See, because she her can voice also kind speak. Of changed. Well, you know how, like, when you speak German, your voice goes down a couple octaves. Mm. Um, I took the the bullet train several times from Leipzig to Berlin. Das ist fantastisch. <laughs> yes, that is fantastic. <laughs> I love bullet trains, and I, we need some in the U.S. Oh, for sure. Uh, he Please, has, he has Obama. Another... Thanks, Obama. Because yeah. <laughs> can we make that happen? He's working on it, I think. Um, I think there's a follow-up here. Ich habe gehört, Herr Verbrennungen verkaufte das Kraftwerk an die Deutschen. <laughs> is that... <laughs> Is that like a Simpsons reference? <laughs> like Mr. Burns for Kraftwerk? That's. Uh, you heard that somebody sold the German. I heard Mr. Burns sold the power plant uh, to the Germans. <laughs> That's, yeah, that was. Everyone, you're welcome. It's I got true. that. that oh, you, you nailed that deal. I actually watched that like three days ago because <laughs> I was like thinking about it. The land of chocolate. Awesome. I think this is a this is a Leipzig centered question. Oh. Wenn Sie in Leipzig waren, war der Kommissar in der Stadt. Kommissar? When you were in Leipzig, was the Kommissar in town? <laughs> <laughs> I like understood all the words, but I was like, what? Because, uh, I mean, uh, I understand Leipzig was, uh, uh, well, you said it, uh, I think you, you told East me it was, yeah, it was East Germany, and I think you told me it's the uh, former 
Stasi capital. The yes. capital of the Stasis. Yeah, I went Stasi to, headquarters. I went to the Stasi Museum when I was in Leipzig and saw all of the disguises uh, that you could have to look like a super casual, not at all suspicious spy, like wigs and fake mustaches and fake noses and sunglasses and a, a umbrella with a camera in it. It was uh, awesome. pretty fascinating. Oh, I think this is the, the last question she has for you. Was war die beste Gesamtkunst du gesehen hast? Gesamtkunst was the best. What was the best Gesamtkunstwerk you saw? <laughs> okay, so that didn't help. No, I, this is like, what okay. Was the, what was the best total work of art? Total. Total, total work? Total. So, yeah, she says she can take her answer offline uh, or off the air. So uh, thank you, Gutrun. Thank you. Those Those were great questions what was the best work of art i saw or the best ausstellung uh, exhibition that i saw which which uh listen to your heart oh god it's so hard that's like the yes you're be- the, actually the best single work oh my god the best single work Ugh. this is like i don't nothing i saw was that great <laughs> <I'm> just kidding <laughs> The total total work of total, total. total. Gesamtkunstwerk is a, I think is it maybe Wagnerian Wagnerian <laughs> Wagner. Um, it's the idea of a total work of art. So, like uh, Katy Perry's halftime show would be <laughs> Gesamtkunstwerk. Left <laughs> <laughs> shark. Yes. That was the greatest. Uh, somebody posted the next day, like an OKCupid okay profile, and it was like left shark. And he said, I'm just looking for the right shark. Nice. <laughs> I have to say, I've seen that clip many times, and I don't understand what the problem was. Like, everyone's like, holy fuck. It was just funny. And then... the whole thing was, I mean, they were dancing sharks. <laughs> they were funny. And then one of the sharks was really good at dancing and the other one was really bad. He and was then... not really bad. He was like half a beat off. And then the whole, you're like, you can't even tell what dance movies they're trying to do because well, they're in a shark Well, then Snoop Dogg suit. tweeted that he was one of the sharks. So then everyone was like, oh, he must have been the shark that couldn't dance. The high shark. The one that was high. I mean, I don't know. If you look at the Wagnerian literature, he specifically states you can't tell what dance moves a shark's doing. It's like, it's not, it's part of an unsolvable puzzle of the <laughs> Gesamtkunstwerk. But when taken in its totality, it was a complete work of art. That's a good way to say it. Yeah. What was the best I work? I mean, I'm taking it. I'm using a goofy example, but uh, Gesamtkunstwerk is a very serious topic facing <laughs> facing us facing so, us today. Okay. So it wouldn't just be like a work on paper or something. It would have to be like kind of a whole encompassing experience. Well, I don't know if it's possible to make a Gesamtkunstwerk today that's not at the halftime show. <laughs> um. No, I mean, she was being a bit cheeky. I don't know what the German term. I mean, that's an English term. But. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know what I'm like thinking now. Well, OK, I really liked seeing Andrea Fraser's official welcome at the Hamburger Bahnhof. Yeah. It is a video performance where she's like pretending to be announcing artists in different ways. Like, being like, we are so proud today to welcome mm-hmm. a 
artist of great renown whose work has proved time and time again that genius can never be underestimated. And then she'll like pretend to be the artist and be like, uh, yeah, like I did some stuff and uh, it was uh, cool. So you all suck. <laughs> okay, we'll say. <laughs> there was one that would, <laughs> she was pretending to be the collectors and they yeah. were like, at first, we couldn't collect this art because it horrified us. Really, it was the most disgusting piece of humanity we'd ever seen. But of course, we like challenging work, and the work that we collect is often only about sex and fecal matter. <laughs> <laughs> so how would Andrea Fraser introduce the Gazamkunst shark? <laughs> Welcome tonight in this great hallowed hall where we can see one of the most magnificent spectacles. One would call it a firework of our time. <laughs> really, the world is round and colorful like a beach ball, but there's nothing that can really exemplify that as much as the turgid movements of a well-choreographed shark fin. And so here tonight, for the first time ever, we see a masterpiece of great proportions. <laughs> I, I believe it was the uh, great composer LL Cool J, which said, my hand is like a shark's fin. <laughs> Cat, for young girls. <laughs> and doing uh, the shark dance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, is there a couple other things you'd like to show our viewers? I heard you bought a rock in Germany. I did! <laughs> Could you hold that up to the microphone for us? Can everyone... Can you hear it? <laughs> All right. What does that sound like? It sounds like stone. This is a, a quartz uh, <laughs> stone. It's a rock I'm of some it. sort. It's from a freshwater thing. Uh, it's a freshwater rock. From Sudbauenden... The, I can't even. Oh, was that from the Studentenland? Mm -hmm. And it was found <laughs> on the 26th of December, 2014, from ah. the Geological Something International Village show in Leipzig. Well, in the Studentenland, that is a post Christmas tradition. Uh, the English have Boxing Day and the Germans have Rocking Day. <laughs> so they stone people on that day? No, they just, they just select the, the rocks they really wish they'd gotten for Christmas. <laughs> It, it it's you know i mean that's you know my family's german it's something you can't really explain to other cultures this need uh that's like charlie brown where they go trick-or-treating and at every house charlie brown gets a rock yeah well you know when when uh, a little boy named george bush went trick-or-treating all he wanted was in iraq oh uh Oh, God, that's horrible. Well, okay, this rock I got out of a vending machine on the side of the uh, Contemporary Art Museum in Leipzig. There was a vending machine full of rocks. And it was like an ancient vending machine that you just like, you had to put a two euro coin in. So I guess if it takes euros, it can't be that ancient. Right. It was yeah, probably, it's not like it took two shekels. <laughs> it was probably like reconfigured, but yeah. of course it wouldn't take shekels because, you know, like the Jews that, run all the money or whatever. Well, no, that was like an Encyclopedia Brown type. Well, this vending machine can't be that old because the shekel was, wouldn't have written 2 BC on it. <laughs> well, anyway, so you like put it in and then you can select from a number of rocks that they have in there and they have little labels on them. So what I, made you pick the rock you got? It was the smallest. I knew I could carry it home. <laughs> there were some really fucking big rocks in there. 
anyway, it was really funny. And I have a video of us getting the rock out of the vending machine. And it's, yeah. And you're not even sure if it's art or not. I wasn't sure if it was art or not. I mean, I think it has to be because it's so good. It's so (laughs) fucking funny and weird and, and like participatory. And we really like... You know, we we're like, we got to spend two euros on a rock because this is like too great. Because we, we had this curiosity, like, will it actually take money? Will it actually open? Are you actually allowed to take these rocks? And the answer is like, yeah, why wouldn't you the be? The answer to all three is yes. <laughs> yes. Um, so I think in that sense, it's like a great work of art. But uh, and it was like in the complex around the, you know, Contemporary Art Museum which had a lot of different like outdoor sculptures. There was like, there was like a maze. It was like plastic plants. And then it was like, you know, one of those mazes you could go through and there's like two different ways. And they both, we found out like halfway through that they both would lead out. So then we were like, no, it's the race. And then Uh of course, then one of my friends jumped over the plastic plants and it was like cheating. (laughs) Uh. So it was like a fun, it was a fun museum. There was this, um, there was a, an, Wait, I have to go back for a second because, okay. because this whole rock thing to me sets up uh, – it's a perfect example of the Hegelian dialectics of art or just East German. <laughs> Christopher Williams would be all over that. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed being in East Germany. It was kind of an eye-opening experience to me because it, just the – the people that lived in that area went through so many different extremes First, the most extreme right wing government and then this extreme mm-hmm. left wing government. So that was, that was actually something I want to talk about because I haven't gone through neither, but hearing, hearing about both. Um, to me, it seems like it was basically the same government. Like it had different, mm-hmm. it's like Coke or Pepsi, you know? Yeah. Like in, there's not, there's something the, DDR didn't seem very left wing to me. I don't understand what's left wing about it because mm-hmm. they spied, they spied even more extensively because they were around longer than the Nazis. So they were able to put in place this like complete paranoia and self governing, you know, like the way, like they were, they were able to so instill fear that people wouldn't like question. internalized right. their lack of freedom. And, it, and it's like interesting to think that the German people, I guess, are in some way susceptible to that, to that kind of really strong patriotism and pride in mm-hmm. in your government and not questioning almost the what the mechanics behind that are. And I don't think that's like anything now, but just from what I know of Germans being so intellectual and um really a seat of great thought and great art it's from for for many centuries including the 20th century it's like surprising to me that that was the breeding ground for those kinds of environments yeah but i mean look at like france with napoleon or the english colonial Mm -hmm. days or america maybe Uh, it's just humans yeah (laughs) they just want a leader yeah to lead well, and it's also times of crisis that allow that, right? Like, that mm-hmm. was the whole point of, uh, recently for us anyway, like, September 11th and saying, well, this is after, post-September 11th world and, like... I know, well, all right, okay. Well, hurry up. We've got to sign away all our freedoms to the Patriot Act so yeah. we can spy on Americans. When I went, I went to the Topography of Terrors, which is, like, a museum. It's a documentation center, basically, which 
they call their Holocaust museums documentation centers, which I think is like fascinating and also amazing because like Holocaust denial is illegal there, mm-hmm. which you could never like make Holocaust denial illegal in the United States. I think that's so interesting. Um, but they really are trying to, to, you know, say this is what happened. This is exactly how it happened. And this is the steps we can take to make sure it never happens again. Um, and so it has these fragments from the buildings that were mm-hmm. completely bombed and, and burned um, that like Hitler's administrative buildings. Mm-hmm. And then they also have a segment, like a 200 meter segment of the Berlin Wall that they've preserved there. Yeah. Um, but then, and then across the street is uh, the only really s- still living, functioning Nazi building mm-hmm. that was the Luftwaffe headquarters and then also where the DDR was founded. Right. And whatever. then it's also like but just now, down the street from Checkpoint Charlie. Yeah. And but now I love that it's the the German finance ministry's headquarters, <laughs> and it's so weird that there's like certain buildings they're like we can't do anything with this building because there's this like bunker like above ground bunker in Berlin that I went to that's like not by Albert Speer but like a follower of Albert Speer and it was part of this plan where they're going to build all these public bunkers and then after the war cover them in marble and they be these like monuments to the citizenry and the so Volk. That, yeah, dem Deutsche Volk. Um, and it was like a neighborhood bunker for Friedrichstrasse. And, uh, so it was used during the war. And then like after Berlin was bombed out, people were living in there as refugees. And then it got taken over by the East Germans and had all this history. And then like after reunification stuff, they were, they were like, we can't, you know, like they, we could never use this for anything official because it was a Nazi building. But like, but it was actually one of the good Nazi buildings and then it was like, they were trying to protect citizens <laughs> But they're like, well, that giant headquarters that was like Herman Goering's office, we can totally found another country in there and then put our economics people like, in that building. They're like so paranoid over there about like not sounding like Nazis. Like yeah. I, we were like toasted. We do not sound like Nazis. We were, we were doing shots and it was like to Germany. And they were like, no, 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 no. Yeah. You can't say that anymore. You can't say that anymore. And I was like, sorry, I'm like on vacation in Germany. I like Germany a lot. Didn't you realize just like, that. It's just like what you should have it's said like, to your it's, boss. It's okay. It's I'm okay. Jewish. I'm Jewish. <laughs> it's okay. I'm Jewish. Um, Someone was when I when I was living there, they were talking about that like during the the football or you know, aka soccer, mm-hmm. um, and that they thought it was really cool that they were seeing kids carrying German flags and like driving around and hawking their horns like they were all like Turkish immigrants children mm, and they're like they're these are the Germans and they're like they thought that was really cool that it was like a, it was like pride but also saying like they're not coming as an immigrant and thinking they're going to root for their homeland they're saying like well maybe my parents are from there and that's my culture but I'm growing up this is my country and this is right. who I root for mm-hmm. in the World Cup right at the same time the sport forum like the stadium the in Leipzig. <laughs> the stadium in Leipzig was like a stadium built for the Olympics in 1936. Right. It's Even like a it Nazi stadium. Yeah, because right. it like is it's it like two Munich? hours away. So it's uh, like you know if they had I don't know what other kind of you know auxiliary. Right. Which is how the Olympics works. They like you know have right. a bike race you know in a town nearby or something. Well, and it's further proof that the Olympics don't work because like Leipzig's still trying to recover. <laughs> Well, I think they're recovering from communism, but it's not, it doesn't, it's, it's so strange there because in the one hand, it's like, 
that legacy is always kind of in the back of your mind. And the other hand, it's like completely there's a Starbucks on literally every corner. You, yeah. It's like the only thing that can sort of signify yeah. the difference is the architecture. But then like the actual. Well, that that strip like that's if you're going to talk about history or feeling that weight and absurdity of history, that's my favorite part of that city, because right next door is the Martin Gropius bow, which is kind of the. Which was closed right. on Tuesdays. Sorry. Um, but the important part, it's open all the time, is being on that stretch of road. Um, and so that was like the, I believe it was made during the Young and Still, like the, you know, the that sort of the Germanic version of Art Nouveau. Mm-hmm. And that building's still standing and you can see the, the shrapnel holes in it, you know, from the, the flak. Yeah, like the statues were... They're all pitted. Mm-hmm. And then next to it is where that's where the topography of Terrors and you just see these old light wells. Which like topography of Terrors is the worst name for it that is. ever. Because I thought this was like some kind of stupid Madame Tussard's like yeah. kind of like torture and you're thing. Like, oh, no, actually, this is the Gestapo headquarters. <laughs> so but there's this little strip. Oh, well. And yeah, so ahead. those light wells are these ceramic white tile light wells that were actually because that building's gone now because it was the Gestapo headquarters but it was actually originally built as an applied arts school Mm. and it was those light wells are there because they wanted in the basement even to have natural light so they put these ceramic sort of Mm. light tunnels to bring natural light even Hitler liked art he just didn't like good art well but I don't know I mean I think you can argue a school for applied arts that was also about um I could be wrong on this part, but I believe it had something about part of the ethic was like teaching men and women together or mm-hmm. like like a gender equality, too, in their program. Hmm. Um, and that was, you know, it was all pre-war. And so that got taken over. And then now there's this strip of the Berlin Wall and then across the street, the finance headquarters. Right. But the way the wall is, you see there's like, you see that they literally just stuck it right on the sidewalk. So you have... Yeah, it's like, doesn't, there's, there's no logic to where the border is at, at all. It's and, just one instant, you're in one part, yeah. and then you're in the other. And the part that like really gets me is that even... See, so even now, you can see where the old curb was and how it was just like six inches out from this old curb. And the way it's roped off, you can't really go right up to the wall unless you're like a douchey tourist that like gets in there for a photo op but it's like really this like strip that's still i was glad like, that they preserved that time. yeah because it blows your mind because there's no sense of the wall there's no barrier between them now which i think you know at the time that makes a lot of sense because they wanted to get rid of it i mean that's the whole point you know like, yeah. tear down the wall um and but it but you it's like almost like you don't like we went um, when we were in Israel, we went to the prison city of Akko and it's like any other kind of, you know, place in Israel. There's palm trees. It's by the ocean. It's like very beautiful. So you don't get the sense of the like terror when it was a prison. It was like the most fucking horrible place in the yeah. whole world. There was like a death cloud around it and it would just be like everything about it was dirty and it had like a stench that you could smell for miles away. You know what I mean? It was like this hell hole and obviously Berlin was not like that, but there's just no difference in feeling, you know? And I think having something where you feel like separation or what it must've felt like Mm -hmm. to be separated for something, I think it's important. 
Well, and then you also realize that if that wall continued, it was literally in front of that Martin Gropius bow. Right. And so, like, I love that city in particular. Like, you try to find photos from different eras so you can see how much it's changed. And so there's, like, a photo, I like, a postcard I have. I also love that, like, Berlin has, like, black and white postcards of the wall. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, the most depressing thing. Like, here, Berlin, 1983. <laughs> and then there's just, like... Well, that's you know, the other thing. It's like, like it's really, been separate. Yeah. Like it was communist longer than it's been reunified. Yeah. Like reunification is like sort of a new thing they're trying out. But when yeah. you go there, it's like, wasn't it always? You know, it's just yeah. like impossible to tell the difference. Like, oh, are we in East Berlin now? Oh, I didn't yeah. realize, you know. Yeah. And the way it zigzags, you like can never tell. But yeah. So for me, like when people talk about the weight of history or something really making an impression, like for me that couple blocks or whatever that strip of land yeah that to me like that really what like i don't know that left such a huge impression like i was mm-hmm. so fascinated well and when we were like, at you the... really see layers of hit like literally layers of, it's right. so it fucking blew my mind well when we were at the topography of terrors there was a docent there and he was like explaining how this could have happened why the german people really loved the nazis and they really did i mean there's no you can't pretend any differently because you know, it was like 87% approval until the day Hitler died. Like he had to die for them to not want to be Nazis anymore. That's the other thing. But um, he was talking about all these things. So he's like, so the most important thing to remember is that if you give up any of your freedoms in exchange for security, the government will never give them back. (laughs) And today you might be, you know, the government might be friendly to you, but tomorrow they might not be. And you've already surrendered your freedoms to them. And he's like, you've all heard of Guantanamo Bay. It's not in any country. It's not in Cuba. And it's sort of owned by the United States, but it's not in the United States. So there's no constitution and no laws and you could do whatever you want. And I was like standing there and I was like, oh, my God, they're going to know I'm American. Like, they're going to know <laughs> that I'm the American here. And I like, it's like freaking out. He's like, well, you did have a T-shirt that says your president have Obama. <laughs> Your president Obama, he has the Patriot Act. I was like, he's gonna know I'm American. Yeah, but I mean, when you when you told me that story, like the first thing I thought of is like when they were doing all these man on the street interviews in like 2004, and they're all just like, you know, they're in downtown Chicago or you know whatever city you're in, and they're like, oh, Channel Five went down to see, and they're all just like, you know, Lindsay, uh, local employee downtown and and she's just like well you know like i look at like we're giving up some of our freedoms but it's like making us safer and then they're like ted businessman he's like well yes sure i mean you know uh, but i trust the government in in monitoring us and you know if you're not doing anything wrong then uh you know it's like it's like that's how fucking happens i know that's the thing is like you know it's all well and good for him to be like don't let don't let your government take away your freedoms and i'm like i sure won't (laughs) It's like it's it's too late it's too already. Late. Yeah, no. And also, it was... it's like a tyranny of the majority. Like other people yeah. are gonna do it. Yeah. But that's like that's like when they went down and asked people who Edward Snowden was, and they all thought he was the WikiLeaks guy, or they were like, I don't know, he like sold secrets to somebody or something. And then John Oliver showed that video to Edward Snowden, and he's like, no one knows who you are or what you did. And he was like, oh, shit. That's not true. A lot of people, like, they totally went and found idiots, which aren't hard to find. Well, they found people in Times Square, so yes, they were idiots. (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, it's funny, but I mean, most 
well, I don't know. I don't. I, right, you say most people, but you're like right. Just, but I only hang I out know. with a few people, and we're always like Snowden, Snowden, Snowden. <laughs> we're all, and then we're like this winter, we were like, I guess we got Snowden. Uh, um, Snowden is an American hero, and he's also kind of cute. <laughs> you're just saying that because he looks like Griffin McElroy. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, don't. podcast joke. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna tweet this at Griffin McElroy. Yeah. So, um, yeah. sorry, I said ew. That's not what I meant. I also went to the Chicago live show with my brother, my brother, and me. Did you ask for any advice? No, I did not. You didn't get on stage. Well, I was literally in the last row of the balcony. Oh. The last row. The balcony. The very Where the back. fuck was this? The Roosevelt Chicago Auditorium? <laughs> no, it was at the uh, Athenaeum Theater. How many people were there? Like 500. Jesus Christ. It was insane. That's so, just, a, that's, that. It was just like a stadium. It wasn't a stadium. It was a theater, but. That's still a lot of people. Yeah. I don't think we, I don't think even 500 listens have happened. <laughs> to our podcast. Well, after our, I tweeted Griffin McElroy, that's you, all going to change. If you subtract all the times we listen to our own episodes. <laughs> <laughs> About seven for each podcast. I love listening to our podcast, so that's why I think uh, it's worth producing. It. I do like listening to myself when I feel like I we're in an argument and I'm like, oh, and then I'm like, oh, I said that. <laughs> like you feel really vindicated where you're like, if I were on the, because there's so many podcasts we're right. listening to and then they're like, oh, what was whatever? And you're like screaming because you know when the, uh, that, that it was, you know, you know, some fact or some trivia or something. They can't remember, you know, like the name of the Bette Midler movie or whatever. And you're like, I know, and I know, I know it. I know, I know, I know it. Or you're just like, that is the stupidest thing. Why didn't they say whatever? And then you're listening to your own podcast, and then you're like, I believe what he believes. Yeah. Except for she. You're like, me. man, if I were there, I would say this. And then my former me says that, and I'm like, good job. <laughs> um. Yes. So uh, to go back to, I don't even, we should talk about art more because that's what the podcast is about. But one of the reasons I really liked Andrea Fraser's video was seeing it at the Hamburger Bonhof at the same time that I saw like all these works by Joseph Boys because he's kind of like this legendary mythical person. And it, that was kind of like who she was making fun of in the video, which I, or the way that people talk about. So I just re- received some numbers from um, our statistics team. Oh, really? About how many views and we had? Is that more important than the Yes, art? it is, because apparently we literally have 499. <gasps> you are making a difference right now. I hope you appreciate it. Congratulations good, to our 500 listener. It's you. Good job, future Nina. <laughs> Damn it. I Well, I probably will be the first one. You know what? I'm going to on purpose listen to it before we make it live so that I won't be. The, you, you can't. Won't, that you won't have the factor. Listen up. No one. We can't. Listen up. No one listen, listen to this. Listen up. No, don't listen. Wait. <laughs> yes. Um, That's an amazing statistic. So anyway, back. Congratulations to you, the 500th listener. You know who yeah. you are. If you want, we'll uh, answer Griffin McElroy. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Should we give a prize? How would you prove you're the 500th listener? There's no way. First person in the podcast. Oh. You're the first person. Oh, yeah. So if you go on SoundCloud and you write first as the first comment. <laughs> <laughs> we will send you a rock. It won't be the one that I got out of the vending machine. Oh, can but we it chip be... off a part of the rock and then ha- it's like a mother rock? Um, sure. Yeah, well, I don't know how to chip pieces off a rock, but George W. Bush sure does. 
maybe we'll send you a rock from outside the uh, recording studio certified. Oh, oh, I'll send you one of those I got up postcards. Oh, yeah, that too. That'd We're going to have a, a whole one. prize pack. <laughs> we'll send you a rock from outside the studio uh, with, you know, the description about, like, this is a rock. Of, that we found. That we found, and then we'll it's all sign our name. Ro- concrete, probably. This yeah. is the city. I feel like we could find a stone behind a bush. <laughs> is that another bush joke? Like George W. Bush joke? Yeah, because no. <laughs> okay. Kidney stones, I don't know. Anyway. She'll send you an I got up postcard so I don't have to get any more. <laughs> <laughs> sent quite a lot of those. She did. Um. Yeah, so Yosef Boys. Everybody talks about him like he's so great. Is he so great? I don't know. Yeah. He. Sure. It was pretty great, he, actually. He invented all the social practice stuff. Wait, but you hate that. <laughs> yeah, but he did a good job. <laughs> So if you do a good it's job like at social what, practice, it's okay. That's well, no, it's true. like why I was listening to Computer World by Kraftwerk, and I was like, this is like Daft Punk, but better. <laughs> like their song, the Kraftwerk song, Computer Love, is like the song Digital Love by Daft Punk, except it's got, they, they understand music better and computers better. Hmm. Well, the I, I really liked the tallow sculpture. That was at the Hamburger Bonhof. It's like these big wedges of fat that they they boiled or something. Right? I don't know, how do you make towel towels tallow <laughs> tallow tallow? Well, it involves towels. No, it doesn't. Yeah, and they're huge. Um, they were cast from um, these negative spaces underneath this concrete negative bridge. Negative space. Yeah, I guess in some ways it was his his protest. He. Um, there was this new big was it, industrial was it the sculpture bridge. project Munich. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> I don't Go know. On. I mean, I have the book. Go here. on. Um, so he cast these negative spaces that are sort of not functioning in any way. They're not part of the road. They're not part of the bridge. They're just. But like... you said there were people living under them. So to me, that sounds like a functional space. <laughs> I don't think people should live under a bridge. At least yeah, but if you don't have anywhere else to go, then you come yeah. back one day and you're like. <laughs> Some idiot filled my house in with well, fat. Well, Germany has uh, – no, he cast it and then he made the fat in a studio. And also oh. Germany has a social safety net that will take care of those people, unlike America. Thanks, Sorry. Obama. Because um, socialism rules. Anyway. Wait, I don't know what <laughs> – How we got to there. You'll just have to listen to the podcast, but we don't We just kept giving it. away a little bit after our freedom. And the next thing you know, health insurance for everyone. Damn it. Um. So, uh, but the yeah, they had to have this molten fat, and they poured it into these molds, and then it took like months and months for it to cool, and so there's a thermometer stuck in it. And Wait, when you say molten fat, I mean isn't like all like saturated fat? You microwave it; it turns into liquid. Yeah, but you can't microwave like 500. 500- tons of it i don't know how much how i mean it's like it was a lot i know i've seen it bricks. well isn't towel tallow towel they make ta- they make candles out of tallow and soap i believe it's uh-huh. part of the like, like you boil it it's sort of like the uh refinement process right but i think if you're doing so much it has to be really to keep it all liquid at the oh, same yeah. time yeah um 
but it has a thermometer stuck in it and you can still see the temperature reading. It was 27 degrees oh, Fahrenheit. Cold. No, that's, I mean, 27 degrees Celsius. Oh. It's really warm, actually. 10 so is cold. 20 is nice. Wait, 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 wait. I did it wrong. Uh, Which who is shoe? 30 is hot. 20 is nice. 10 wear a coat. Zero is ice. Right. Because in metric time, uh, zero is frozen. I was going to look up tallow. Why can't I not say say the word? That's like a totally not a hard word, but okay. Well, anyway, he said there's a quote. Everyone doesn't know how to say the word milk. It's so easy. Milk. Yosef Boyce said about this sculpture, this is the first sculpture that will never get cold. And if it gets cold, it will never get warm again. And when I was in the gallery, this woman next to me was like asking her husband and the guard, like, is this made out of marble? And then she touched it. And she said, no, if it was marble, it would be cold. And I thought that was really great because it's not cold. It's it's made out of fat. And that's sort of the point of it. And I liked that she picked up on that. Right Do you know away. what kind of – is it like beef? <laughs> beef it was tallow? a com- – it said on the label, like, it's a combination of beef and pork. Or I don't know. It said what it was, but I don't remember. Why can I not say tallow? Tallow. Like, I've – Anytime anyone asks me about McDonald's fries, I can explain that. What does that have to do with anything? Because they used to fry their fries in beef tallow. Ew. But now it's vegetable Because then for vegetarians. Uh, um, I'm, I'm just hearing from Vicky, uh, last name Pedia. <laughs> oh, God. Towel. Tallow. <laughs> Is a rendered form of beef or mutton fat produced from suet. Oh, shit. Who knows? You know, suet. It is a solid at room temperature, but unlike suet, towel. Now I'm just saying towel. It uh, can be stored for extended periods without the need for refrigeration to prevent decomposition. Hence, decomposition. it being installed at the hamburger Bonhof. Bonhof. Uh, provided it's kept in an airtight container to prevent oxidation. Oops. But that's probably why it's totally <laughs> oxidizing when you look at those. I Yeah, they're like dirty me, looking. Well, to me, when I saw them, I thought they were like foam, like yellow mm-hmm. foam. They do look, because they're in wedges too. And like wedges is just like a thing that foam does in my mind. Um. Uses, Joseph Boys and. No. <laughs> Does it really say? No, would, references funny. in popular culture. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I could say that's popular. Oh, shortening. So I'm right. It is related to uh, uh, saturated fat. Mm-hmm. It's a complicated thing, uh, this towel. <laughs> Jesus. Soap. I was right about that, too. Oh, yeah, animal like from feed. Fight Club. <laughs> Animal feed, too. So that's also where you get the uh, uh, mad cow disease when you feed cows to cows. So you can oh, use, yeah. you can use towel. Tallow. Thanks, Alex Trebek. <laughs> um, you can use it to feed an animal feed. So if you fed a cow to a cow, it's like babies having babies. <laughs> That's um, not what it's like. It's like when we used to sit around in high school and feed chicken nuggets to the uh, seagulls and the pigeons outside of the school. 
As far as I know, none of them got mad cow disease. Though. Well, those are chickens, though. <laughs> That's the joke. No, but I mean, the other birds are birds. That's like feeding. Uh, our, our, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's like feeding dachshunds. It's like feeding wiener dogs to um, tofu dogs. <laughs> what? Sure, they're it's dogs, like, but they're different. They're, well, cows are a mammal. It's like feeding a hamburger to a person. <laughs> Actually, it is because humans can eat cows that don't have mad disease. Mad cow. They got mad <laughs> cow disease. Wait, wait. Are you, Breaking news. Boop, 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 boop. Humans can eat cows that don't have mad cow disease. Well, you can eat cows that have mad cow disease, too, but then you might get it. <laughs> no, so that's why we always cow, cook our meats to at least I don't even know what the twenty seven degrees Fahrenheit. <laughs> My understanding though is that that's Celsius. Your it's cannibalism. Cows are eating cow parts. Yeah, that's sad. That's not good. And um, babies are having babies. <laughs> that's kind of true. Also. Um, then a really sad thing happened to me. I lost my art notebook in somewhere and I couldn't find it and I was really sad for many days we called the art museum that I was most recently at and asked if anyone found it and they said no and then like an hour before I was gonna leave town I went back just to check and they have it so my really my art with all my notes from David Bowie is and all the (laughs) other exhibitions I've been to this past year I almost lost it forever but then I got it back so it was a happy story would you like to care to share any of those notes with us? Any <laughs> observations? You're like, no, none of it's really worth repeating. Yeah, well, a lot of it. Well, okay, I when I was in Leipzig, I saw the Paul Klee exhibition, um, and it was great. It was really great. Note um, to self, this was good. This was good. I like how he puts different colored or painted paper grounds in a collage fashion behind the main compositional sheet. That's what I wrote in this notebook. But that's true. I do like that. She she gets me. Nina from the past. The range of materials used in these works is very striking. And the different effects of the pigments on fabric versus board, for example, make the works come alive in different ways. <laughs> this you is are like, literally, a public relations I know. Person. It's it's actually kind of sickening to and read that like, stuff. But it's children also- will delight in <laughs> the triangles and squares that seem to dance across the page. Oh, here I wrote, shows the importance of wall text in curation because I can't <laughs> read it. So, like, uh, I'm... Good job, Paul Clay. <laughs> nice use of, of wall text. Uh, I don't know why these works are run together. It, does, <laughs> it says, I however, that, however, does not hinder the experience of viewing the works, except perhaps in which direction to walk. <laughs> so, like, this... You're I've like, never actually read my notes this closely before, and that's fucking funny. It is. Um, You're like reviewing everything. You're like, one finds these water fountains somewhat lacking, and that the water pressure is not sufficient for me to wet my whistle. <laughs> this um, reviewer finds the toilet absolutely disgusting, while the soap is fragrant and refreshing. Well, there was also these Max Beckman paintings, and I was like, this is a really horrible painting, and I underlined really, <laughs> from 1907. And um, I just think that's because you don't get Max Beckman. No, it was like, it was 
He like, was painting the chaos and disorder of Europe. No, but that's what he was painting in the 30s. But like this painting was like kind of a fluffy, like allegorical, uh, like classical style painting. It was really bad. Do you have a title of it? Um, Die Schlacht, S-C-H-L-A-C-H-T. That means slaughter. The slaughter. Schlacht. It's going to be like one of his masterpieces. Just watch. I know what a good Max Beckman looks like because I wrote in that. Because you wrote below it. They get I so know much a good better. Max Beckman. And... <laughs> I know a good Max Beckman when I see it. And let me tell you. Oh, yeah. Okay. We it found does a... look like it might be old and shitty. Ah. Note to ha! the viewer. Ah. Because they had another one, and I don't know if I wrote oh, down man. the name if of we're that gonna, one. But... We, you need to talk in that voice if we're going to classy up this podcast. Uh-huh. Yeah. The ground paper is quite colorful. <laughs> I am a cultural cultural tourist. Oh, I said uh, that like, a lot of the paintings I saw in was like... They had, had the absolute strangest figures I've ever seen with quite grotesque distortions, like the anti-mannerism. <laughs> it was like nice. whatever was going on in France was like this beautiful, lyrical, like sexy figures. And then everything in Germany was just like contorted and disgusting. Looking. Wait, what? When was this? Because um, mannerism was the thing that came right after the Renaissance. Right. So this is much, much later, like. So the late 19th century. <laughs> so it'd be so it would be postbellum mannerism. <laughs> yes. Um what else did I see? Well, I went to a lot of galleries in Berlin, but I like wasn't feeling it really. Okay. I mean, I saw um some things that were really good. Um but nothing that was like amazing. And I much preferred going to the Spinnerei in Leipzig, which is this, um, it used to be a Spinnerei, like a place where they would spin cotton into fabric and string. And it's like a complex of factory buildings. And now the whole thing is like galleries and artist space. That's where Neo Rauch has his studio and his gallery is there. He's much better than the Alt Rauch. (laughs) I actually was thinking about that. It was like, what if your name was... I mean, Neo, like from the Matrix, the Matrix but like that <laughs> just I, means new. Can I? Be... Well, I guess it would be Neu. It means new in German, but like right. it's so, like so, so, so weird. for like the first half hour. What? <laughs> I, I, I am being 100% honest here. For like the first half hour of the Matrix, I thought his character's name was Neil. <laughs> You know, like an everyman, like Neil, you know? Neil. He's got a job in an office. He's a hacker. Neil. (laughs) Oh, that's good. I don't know if I've ever seen that movie all the way through, even. Just on Spoiler alert, the computer did it. (laughs) Yeah. So so the famous Leipziger painter... Uh, trained in the socialist realism. Well, was he really trained? I think he was. I mean, he might be a little bit too young to be trained in that, but he's probably trained by people that were old socialist realist painters. But then he does like it's like a hip new. It's like a neo take on <laughs> socialist, socialist realism. realism. But I actually think it was more like I had never really I had never seen his paintings, and then I saw a couple of them while I was in town, and they're kind of more like like. Um, 
those like fairy tale illustrations or like yeah. Strusselpater, like those old German stories that we would always learn in German class. <laughs> His more recent ones are kind of boring, but when he first broke out, they were pretty awesome. Like they'd be like these like KGB spy looking men with like hockey sticks and ice skates floating through the air. And then like giant slugs that were frozen in blocks of ice. <laughs> I'm not kidding. They were weird and awesome. But like it's really German looking. Yeah. Like there's turnips and stuff in the paintings. And I really felt like the art that I saw in Leipzig and at the Schmitterei in particular had this kind of slant where you could feel the Germanness, the way that people were reacting, you know, it just had this much more personal feeling. Cause it, sometimes when I see this contemporary art, that's sort of like, yeah, it was more. And that I like that. I like things that are a little bit more personal. Um, when I see these, like just like colorful plastic squares and stuff, which was more towards the themes that I was seeing in, in Berlin, cause I was going to kind of these commercial galleries. It's just a little bit more disappointing. And the Spinnerai just seemed like such an amazing community. Like everyone just like there and they have all their, you know, studios together and like working together and print shops here and the art store there. And I was just like, where do I sign up? <laughs> where do I sign yeah, up? We need a new rock attendant. <laughs> you need someone to go stack, yeah. to go stock the rock the, vending machine. We've got five boxes all over Germany. That would be the coolest job. Rock curator. Make, you would only make we know two every, euros yeah. per rock. That would be horrible. Well, I think one probably goes to the company. Oh, God. You're right. And there was only like seven rocks in the machine. And how often does a sucker actually buy a rock out of a vending machine? Well, you know what P.T. Uh, Barnum said? A sucker's born every, every minute. minute. Yep. So did Lord Tootsie Roll. <laughs> Tootsie Pop. He, um, made, he made suckers. Oh, ha ha. Took me a long time. Wait, was the CEO of that company the owl from the commercial? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, I don't make suckers. I eat them. <laughs> he bites them because he can't wait them. to lick them. Yeah, that's like bullshit. Like, that's a real counterintuitive. Because owls are supposed to be wise, not impatient. <laughs> you could be wise and impatient. Sure. Why not? Wise and impatient. No, you can't because he would be like. Because wise people are always like patience, child. Impatient people are always like one, a two, <laughs> three. <laughs> also, and then so because of that commercial, I was determined to suck my way to the center. <laughs> I bet you were. <laughs> Look, um, don't put me in a corner because I'll suck my way out of it. <laughs> just like how Hitler licked all the poles. <laughs> So this has been I Don't Hate This. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have any other questions about stuff I saw, we'll put some pictures from my trip. I took a lot of selfies, and there was a lot of uh, sculptures with mirrors in them, so it was, like, very conducive to selfies. So I'll post some of those I on the Tumblr. I bet that's a thing when they're like, oh, man, if I put a bunch of mirrors in this shit, people take pictures of themselves in it. Yep. It's, like, post-internet. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not getting into that can of worms again. You're like, You're, like... Kicking me in the face and then the door on the elevator closes. <laughs> uh, you can email at us at um, I don't hate this at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at I don't hate this. You can visit our Tumblr to see some of the pictures. I don't hate this pod.tumblr.com. And you can like us on Facebook.
Yes, do all of those things. Yeah. And any plugs? Happy. Uh, yes. Yeah, so uh, there's a book going around called Academy X, um, which is a bunch of cool artists have prepared lessons uh, and sort of talk about their work and stuff like that. And so uh, Tanya Bergera is in that book, and my interview with her is published in her section. Um, and I'd also say, uh, yeah, well, this is a good question. Cause so she's like currently under house arrest in Cuba for trying to stage, uh, one of her pieces about free speech in the revolutionary square there. So what do we do? I don't know. <laughs> this is a good question. Where, do, where does activism and art and protest and, uh, gesture and in impotence to do things coalesce uh in my mind as i'm trying to sort this out so um it's not an easy question but well because they did start by hearing what she has to say about it yeah and yeah i guess it, yeah for sure because she talks about her philosophy of art and her relationship with her students myself as one um and i mean it's like that's sort of what the book is about too is like people aren't there but you can use this as like your own guidebook or like your own sort of map to figuring things out. So yeah, I think Christopher like, Williams has an entry in it. Yeah. So he'll, Christopher he will, Williams knew. yeah, he will um, guide you in a very different direction. I'm guessing. I'm but, guessing that's um, true too. And you can buy this book yeah. online or at urban outfitters, <laughs> which, well, I, I definitely want to give a shout out to urban outfitters because two people I know have now seen it there. And I have yet to find it at any real art bookstore, um, including the Museum of Contemporary Arts bookstore. So um, Urban Outfitters is kicking uh, the museum's asses right now. And uh, when I went to go buy a copy at Urban Outfitters, I told the lady at the desk that I knew a guy who wrote something in it. And she was like, oh, yeah, that's so cool. Oh, my God. Did you get her number? (laughs) No, Eric knows that she's his type because she works at Urban Outfitters. She probably was wearing a winter hat even though it was 60 degrees that day. (laughs) All right, so thank you for listening, and uh, we'll be back next time. Take care. Yeah, so um, on the 22nd of March, March, it's 25. Nance, it's 5,000. I'll stop speaking. Well, I won't stop speaking German because I think that's like part of it. A lot of my things are written in German and that's part of what I've been encountering here. Um, In Berlin, a lot of the wall text for uh, exhibitions and museums is written in English, but in Leipzig, almost none of it is. So I I went um, to the Museum der Bildenden Kunst in Leipzig.